Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey, everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J, Jeff here. This is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever WrestleTalk is and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. WrestleTalk. Hello and welcome to the WrestleTalk podcast. I am Mr. Davis and I'm joined by my longtime rival, my arch nemesis, Lukewarm Luke Owen. Hello, Swaff Nation, and a hello to you, Mr. Davis. How are you, dickhead? Uh, I'm doing okay. Is that going to be the, the style of greeting we get now that we're in a, a war, an eternal yeah. war? So, and, it, and it is such a heated war rivalry that it, it sort of transcends time and it almost transcends language. Mm. Uh, I don't even think there's really a good enough intro to kind of get across the sort of war that we're in. Well, in, in the spirit of consistency, folks, I bet, I bet there's a few of you. I, I hear you. I hear you typing away to steal a, a catchphrase. Um, he's probably like, God damn it. I listen to the podcast for nice behind the scenes chat and to listen to Luke and Ollie behave like normal people. I'm there with you. I agree. Now, but sometimes we have to give consistent lip service to bigger stuff that we're doing. I am Mr. Davis. He is lukewarm Luke Owen. We hate each other more than anything, right? Oh, yeah. We will acknowledge this once and at the start of the podcast and then again at the end of the podcast to snap you back into that world. The rest of the time... We're going to talk about what we did for the weekend and what movies we're watching, okay? But that doesn't mean yeah, we absolutely. like each other. Oh, no, absolutely not. Also, can I double-check you? Are you on the right microphone? Uh-oh. I just did a whole record with you. I know. I, I keep on not plugging in the right thing. Ooh, I'm not. Let's see if this makes it sound nicer. Do I sound nicer now? Oh, there it is. That's so much nicer. You're stitching me up, mate. Lukewarm, Lukewarm. I hate you. I hate you so much. Well, thank you anyway for telling me something was wrong. But anyway, let's do a podcast together now, talking about a very unhappy uh, WWE star by the sounds of things. Here is the show.
before we get into the full raw play-by-play today, we're just going to have a little bit of therapy for Mustafa Ali here, who has tweeted after last night's episode of Raw, I can do it all even when I'm doing nothing at all. Catch me on this week's episode of Main Event. And there he is looking very, very unhappy about this situation and being involved in Main Event and not being on Raw. Does he look unhappy or or get that photo back up? I think he looks pretty chill there. Yeah, but like I, I think it is very much a relaxing and catering. He's got got dressed up in his gear mm. for nothing for a show that really no one watches. I would imagine, I would wager even Vince himself. I mean, Vince doesn't watch NXT, so I think it's highly unlikely he's not watching main events either. It's one of those shows that's only made out of con- like a, a a contract with TV networks around the world who need some wrestling content to put in like South Africa or somewhere or or the the, the emerging markets. They call them that us bigwigs mm. call them, <coughs> but yeah, it's a shame because this, this is you know we're all talking about Keith Lee and what a fantastic job WWE are doing with him. We'll come on to that more later. They built on it even more with this week's uh, episode of Raw after put the excellent stuff at Payback. Ali was like the last guy we thought was going to get a bit of a push. There were reports that people were high on him backstage. It means nothing anymore, that phrase. It means nothing. It's been trampled into the ground and overused. It's been hotshot booked. And, you know, he was in the mix of all the US title stuff. He beat MVP when MVP was holding the United States Championship. He made a shock move from SmackDown over to Raw. He The, the hacker stuff might have come back. But no, after not even two weeks... He's barely on Raw at all anymore. And again, wasn't on this week's episode. Yeah, so his trajectory has been, I mean, and according to, to you know, noted lovely man, Sean Ross Sapp over at Fightful, um, Mustafa Ali was supposed to win Money in the Bank last year before Brock, the, the plans were changed to Brock. And apparently, according to Sean, Mustafa Ali didn't know Brock was winning until... Brock came down to the ring and won. Like Ali thought that he was winning that match up until that point. And his kind of career sort of fell off a cliff once he got injured in the lead up to uh, Elimination Chamber last year. He was supposed to go into Elimination Chamber. He was supposed to have the big Kofi Kingston storyline. And then Daniel Bryan would move on to Kevin Owens at WrestleMania. But he couldn't be in that. Instead, we got Kofi Mania, which was great. You know, big thumbs up to that. But then on SmackDown, all he had was just these promos, really cool shot promos where he was kind of walking around Chicago and he's talking about how he's going to be this this new star. He's going to be going after the WWE Championship and nothing ever came of it. And then he was supposed to be the SmackDown hacker and nothing ever came of it. So then they moved him to Raw where he was teaming with Cedric and Ricochet, Team Job Squad, and then nothing ever came of it. And now, yeah, he's just not been on TV for weeks. So you got to feel really, really bad for the guys. Just like, this is... You can't even call this stop-start pushing because it feels like they've never started. Well, they there are there are reports that they're going to start. In that mm. way, it's a bit of start-stop. It's just I think it's an interesting thing to talk about now because this isn't the first time Mustafa Ali has sort of tweeted some some discontent with his the, the way he's used on TV or not at all rather. It's because he yeah he was the last person in recent memory to get this treatment. And now we're all, now we're so excited about Keith Lee, but there still is a portion of people 
very understandably so, I see in the comments, saying, yeah, I, they are doing all the right stuff with Keith Lee, but I, I, still I can't invest in him because I've been burned so many times. Mm -hmm. As I said on the, the Vince McMahon video, if you tell your audience for 20 years, your opinion doesn't matter and we're not going to listen to what you say, eventually people start to believe that their opinion doesn't really matter and uh, they'll just start... They'll, I mean, I said this yesterday on the Payback Review. I, w I had this horrible feeling in the pit of my stomach that this Riot Squad and Iconics feud was not over and they would have another match on Raw. And would you, Adam and Eve it? They had a match on Raw. I had a tweet from someone this morning that said, told you that Keith Lee push was overrated. He's now feuding with Dolph Ziggler. Because they announced a match with him with Dolph Ziggler, people were like, well, there he is. That's the feud now, isn't it? That's, mm. People are so burned by this company that they just can't, like, rightfully so, really. Yeah, you can't blame them. Uh, no. It's, it's just been so many years of distrust. Uh, so, yeah, it's unfortunate. It's a shame for Ali because he is mega talented. Uh, there are we've said it before over the last couple of weeks it's something i've i've certainly come to realize if you don't get that kind of push from the outset really the chances of wwe ever seeing anything proper in you are one percent at best mm -hmm. you know you'll have the outliers you'll have becky lynch's you'll have uh Daniel Bryan's. See, it's so difficult to think of people that WWE have changed their mind on. You'll, you'll say Kofi, but, you know, we've seen him fall immediately out of the title picture. That wasn't a real, like, WWE seeing Kofi's worth. It was it was some fan service, unfortunately, at the end of the day in their head. So, so Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan was fan service to make people stop chanting CM mm. Punk at them. But I think they do, they do see him as a bit of a draw now. Uh, yeah. But for, for the majority of people, Dolph Ziggler's another that, one. Chad in that lead up to WrestleMania 30, he was in the lead up to, like before WrestleMania 30, he wasn't that guy. Yeah. It's only until after WrestleMania 30 and he massively caught fire that they like, oh, well, maybe there is something in him then. So people like Cedric Alexander, Mustafa Ali, Shorty G, I'll say his name. WWE, it won't change. Like this is that you can work as hard as humanly possible. You can even get over with the fans and it won't make a difference. Most no, likely. Unfortunately. Yeah, so, unfortunately. you know, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking to see Ali post these tweets almost every week that oh, I've been left out of raw again. So I think you either, it's difficult because you know, the market right now is there, there are no indie shows really. Um, so maybe just ride out his time until early next year. And ask for that release. Yeah, maybe. I mean, this was a, 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 a show of lots of sad moments because we also saw the end of one of the great tag teams in WWE in the Iconics. Sad, yeah. sad show this was. Yeah. I, but again, I think, and we'll get on to that in the play-by-play -play review, I think it's the same thing. Iconics, WWE never saw the Iconics as to their full potential. So maybe this is for the best. It sucks for Billy Kay because I think she's going to, you know, not be used that much at all. But Peyton Royce, I'm a bit optimistic about. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Lockdown has been hard on lots of people, but it's also been tough on, tough on, well, you know. My big hairy balls, Luke. Yes, yes, your your big hairy balls, Ollie. So let's thank today's sponsor, Manscaped, for providing the best materials to give you the best manscaping experience possible. This could be the greatest ball shaving of all time. Hygiene is super important in this, the new now. And the perfect package essentials kit by Manscaped comes with everything you need. High performance USB rechargeable body trimmers with its advanced skin safe technology, which is far more impressive than WWE's AI nonsense at their pay-per-views. But it's not just your big hairy balls that need sorting out. You also need to look at your big, your big hairy nails or your, I guess your long hairy nails or you know, your big, your big long nails. Along with the perfect package kit, you should also order the Shears 2.0, a newly improved luxury four-piece nail kit with stainless steel slashed tipped tweezers, round point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file. Enroll in the Peak Hygiene Plan for quarterly replenishments of your favourite products and get 20% off your order using the code WTTV. There's even free international shipping to the US, Canada, Australia, and old blighty United Kingdom. So get 20% off your order at manscaped.com using the promo code WTTV. That's M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com with the code WTTV for 20% off your order. Your neat and tidy balls. Well, thank you. 
Bacon Masher says, I had a Mr. David at school years ago. He wasn't very nice either and wore silly jackets. Sounds completely different to me. Uh, hashtag WrestleLuke forever. Quick question, what would la- what would you lads do with Ali on Raw? Another wasted talent. And is Jam that Jam? Um, well, it's totally um, like the United States title picture. He is a, mm. he's a, like, I'm not saying that he was going to be WWE champion or sort of universal champion or anything like that. But he was certainly like a good upper mid card guy. He a was great like, upper mid card guy. Yeah, totally. When he was mixing it up with Daniel Bryan, I was I was ready for that feud to kick off. Um, and as much, as great as the Kofi thing was, at, at the time I was a bit like, ah, <laughs> you know, Mustafa Ali's sort of at the beginning of his career here. This could really elevate him. Such a shame that he got concussed and had to be pulled from that storyline. Injection two K. Might have a better answer though. Mm-hmm. I haven't noticed this, and I don't think it's. I haven't checked this, but they say every time Ali's posted something like that, Retribution attacks. Yeah, uh, but is this a case of just like, well, Retribution haven't attacked the shows that Roman has been a part of? He is mm. obviously the leader. Is it more just a, like it very well could be that this is all that Ali that is kind of doing this kind of surreptitiously and it's kind of a bit of like guerrilla marketing, I suppose, to make you and like for fans to kind of put together. I'd be I'd be really cool if it is. But also at the same time, I'm like, uh, is it just is it just fan theory more than anything else? It's like that scene in The Simpsons where Lisa tells Homer that that rock gets rid of bears mm-hmm. or gets rid of tigers when they put up the whole bear tax control thing. And uh, Homer says, yeah, I'll take that rock. Uh, I, that was a terribly described Simpsons <laughs> joke. I can't remember all the bits. I, that I make love the punchline. badly described Simpsons jokes. They are among, they're among my favorite ones. <clears throat> well, that's, let's move on swiftly. We started off with a memorial graphic for Bullet Bob Armstrong, uh, sadly passed last week, of course. Uh, and I didn't know this. I knew he was Jesse James's father, you know, road dog. Uh, but I didn't know he was referee Scott Armstrong's dad. And I did it. Yeah. Therefore, I didn't know him and road dog were related. Yeah, yeah. Part of the Armstrong dynasty. Mm. Um, the actual show opened with Randy Orton coming out, cutting just, you know, when we say Randy Orton promo now, it means good promo. Yep. Okay. Let's take take that off. It's not good for podcast listeners, Luke Warm, <laughs> to put Sorry. people's comments on the video screen, particularly ones that criticize me. Um. So Randy cuts this promo about how he put Drew McIntyre on the shelf by kicking him three times. And they said, hey, but at least he's getting to hang out with all his mates. And he had a badly photoshopped image of a load of sort of A&E beds, hospital beds, local medical facility beds with Edge, Christian, Big Show, HBK, Ric Flair and Drew all lined up there in different images of pain. It didn't feel like it was in Randy Orton's character mm. to do this. I get, I, I, this, this didn't work <sighs> for me, I'm afraid, because it was just... Like this, and then like Randy's like chuckling to himself that he's done this. I'm like, this is not the apex predator, the the legend killer Randy Orton that we've been seeing for the last like you know half a year or so. 
it's classic WWE having their their way to get laughs and just doing that way as opposed to what's appropriate for the character. Um, he was interrupted by Keith Lee, who also, you know, this is bad. If you wrote down what Keith Lee said in his promo, it's bad. Mm. The way Keith Lee said it, I'm like, this guy's so cool. Yeah, he's got a great promo, is Keith Lee. God, he's a great promo. I love him to bits. Uh, but yeah, he said the, the word opportunity about nine times. Opportunity. I just I was like, say it again. I like yeah. it. You could get over all of WWE's horrible turns of phrase just by having Keith Lee say it instead of Michael Cole. The big dog. It's boss time. Boss time. Boss time. Eve, like he was even like I felt like he was giving a bit of a shout out to Tom and Ross with their "Don't You Forget About Keith" song that they released last year, where it was like, you know, you're trying to forget about Keith. You're trying to forget that uh, that I beat you at payback. Don't he's he's our friend more than he is theirs. <laughs> um, so this started off what I thought was a terrific main event narrative that ran throughout the night, throughout the episode of Raw. Uh, it was the only good thing on the show, I'd argue, but it was a huge part and the main part. Um, so the idea was we've got three matches tonight, Keith Lee versus Dolph Ziggler, which started here when Ziggler attacked Keith Lee during the Randy Orton exchange, Randy Orton versus Kevin Owens, and Seth Rollins versus Dominic. The winner of those go to a triple threat at the end of the night. The winner of that will take on Drew McIntyre at Clash of Champions for the title. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought it was actually really, really smart. Like it's, you know, wins and losses don't mean diddly dick because WWE don't really care about them because it's just like, well, why is Dolphin there? He's already lost. Randy Orton's lost two pay-per-views in a row. It, but it, do you know what? It doesn't matter because if in the world where the wins and losses don't matter, they picked six guys, you know, former champions in some cases. And it led to a, a really good show long storyline to build a triple threat at the end where I was like, oh, actually, I don't know who is probably not Seth, but I don't know who's <laughs> going to, to win out of this. So I thought it was I thought it was quite effective, really. Mm, yeah, they they gave uh, Ziggler the heat early here because Keith was blindsided. And that did lead to, you know, about 10 minutes for a Drew, it's not Drew, sorry, for a Dolph Keith match when really this should be a two-minute Keith Lee squash. Ah, yeah, Ollie, but Dolph's been doing so well in Raw Underground. You can't undo all of that good work that you've been doing in Raw Underground for, for this. Like, uh, I mean, I'd, spoilers for when we get to it, I'm done with Raw Underground now. No. I'm, I'm really done with it now. Give like, it a it, chance, it, man. <laughs> I, I groan when it's on now. It's, it's actually, it's actively making me not want to watch Raw. And, just, and it's, I really, really don't like it. And I hate it even more that nothing is ever followed up on. Because Dolph came out here, he didn't wrestle like he was in a Raw Underground match, just wrestled a Dolph Ziggler match. So I was like, well, what was the point of doing all the Raw Underground stuff then? What was the point? We did, Yeah, it's Shane McMahon's birthday present. That's the <laughs> point. It makes Shane happy. You want to take that away from the guy? Uh, well, yeah, in a way. It's his after-school activity. He gets to learn <laughs> MMA stuff. It keeps him out of trouble. <laughs> I, um, I, yeah, because you had Shelton Benjamin also wrestling a Raw Underground match where he won and he was made to look really good. So it's like this, if you're a loot, there's no connection between the Raw Underground verse 
and your skills outside of that. They're completely disconnected. Benjamin's in the, been in the 24-7 title picture all this time. But yet, having Dolph Ziggler work over Keith Lee, headlocks, slowing down the match, it's just an, it's it's not as bad as when they put Goldberg in all of those long matches when he first moved to WWE after the invasion. But it's the same mentality that's putting Keith Lee, who should only be having five to ten minute matches with the top guys, everyone else, he should be destroying with very impressive movesets. Yeah, and I mean, Dolph is kind of the, was the perfect guy to put him in there with, in a sense, because good lord, can that man do a bump? Mm. And that man can like throw himself, like ragdoll himself around to make someone look awesome. So like in a way, it was really effective to put, but then the match went 10 minutes and it was 80% Dolph Ziggler working over Keith Lee while Keith Lee sold a lot. So it kind of, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't fully work. But in the end, yeah. Keith Lee looked great because Dolph Ziggler bounced bummed around like a madman. Yeah, that was great. The, the pounce sell from Dolph, of course he's going to go flying for that. But man, I love the spirit bomb. It's great. They go right? up so high. And the way, <laughs> like, how are people not breaking their necks? They're taking all the whole point of coming down on a off a power bomb on your back normally is to have a large surface area to take out a lot of the impact sting. The way I've seen people do it for spirit bombs, they just take it on their neck, like the lower yeah. base of their neck. Oof. No thanks. Absolutely no thanks. Uh, so Keith won that and he advanced. Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler still hate each other backstage. I'm still into yeah. them. This this wasn't bad enough to turn me off. I completely agree. I like the, you know, the I'm the, t I mean, I you know, it, it's completely heel, egomaniac heel mentality for one person to be saying that I am the tag team champion, even though they sort of, they did win it together. Hmm. And then we had Asuka sort of get involved with them, looking for a new title challenger, had a bit of a scuffle with them all there, a stare down with Nia Jax. But then she's in the ring with Charlie Caruso and uh, Charlie asks Asuka who she wants to face next. She's like, I, I'm ready for anything. And out comes Mickey James. Why didn't Shayna or Nia come out? Yeah, I was, like I was expecting that to happen. Yeah, because Asuka kind of interrupted their promo and they were really annoyed that she interrupted their promo. And Shayna has been saying, when you win the Raw Women's Championship, I would like to have a title match, please. So when Asuka came out to be like, I'm laying out an open challenge for anyone, neither of them came out to say, is it because they now have a belt? That they're like, I don't need another one. Garen 2 is really heavy. I don't know why Bailey and Banks did yeah. it for so long. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I don't know, but I'm into Asuka versus Mickey James if that is going to be a title feud going forward. Of course, they had the NXT Toronto match all those years ago, which will never be mentioned. Oh no, they did mention it on this show. Did they? They? Did that they, they did mention that. Yeah, on commentary, oh, they said, that. you know, these two these two have had history down in NXT. Uh, but it is uh, for me. If you're going to have Mickey James go on to take on Asuka, you know, which is cool. It's a really good story to do. Maybe have Mickey James win a few matches before mm. you do that because she, she because she came back hasn't done anything like she was overshadowed by Seth in her return match and then got did she and then she laid out some people last week and then she's number one contender all of a sudden she beat Lana here how is that not putting yourself at the top of the women's division it's a shame WWE don't have rankings because they could have just <laughs> moved Mickey into the number one spot. Yeah, she yeah. beat Lana very quickly following this. But th th there were a few skits in between this in-ring angle yeah. and the match happening, 
which was weird because there was a brawl and usually the brawl would you know go to commercial comeback now we got a match but it was more there was a brawl we see adam pierce actually that was slightly before adam pierce producer assembling wwe security to fend off a retribution attack that didn't work uh, a connor's cure segment which is lovely you know it's so, they're so heartwarming raw underground recap and then demi burnett is still there i think she's trapped she kissed Ivar Ivar on the cheek because they're together now. And then Angel not. Garza and then Angel Garza was shown looking on deviously. Demi is it Demi or Debbie? I think it's Demi. <laughs> All right, no well, one's well, corrected me. <laughs> so but Demi no one Barnett. might care. Uh, yeah. yeah. So Demi Barnett. Apparently she's got like millions of followers on, on some social media platform, either way. Demi Barnett. Is one of the Bur most unlike. Burnett. Oh, Burnett. Uh, what did I say? You said I say Barnett, Bar like Josh, like Barnett. Josh, Josh Barnett. <laughs> Debbie Barnett. Debbie, Debbie Barnett's blood sport. It's just somebody else. She, well, works, Demi... she works in a school. <laughs> Debbie Burnett is so unlikable. She is one of the most unlikable characters on this show because she is here flirting with Ivar, kissing him on the cheek, acting like she's together. We go for a match later on. She's out there with Angel Garza again. Like, she has lit zero allegiances to anyone. Why would anyone want to have her as a friend? She seems like a right knob. Yes. Uh, is that her character's fault? Or is it the writing team's underlying misogyny? Where they're like, you're blonde. You have Instagram followers. We will now poorly use you as a prop for undercard feuds. To, to get in an attempt to give them stakes? But yeah. really, none. Particularly because you're trapped here and Ubers won't come to pick you up because your your star rating's so low. Maybe the Thunderdome is in an alternative universe. But she would know she was in the Performance Center era. Exactly. And, Ak and Akira Tozawa drove into the Thunderdome, like into the parking lot. So clearly cars can get there. But maybe you have to drive through a railway platform wall really mm, fast yeah really fast yeah i don't know anyway all of that happened and we cut back to the thunderdome and mickey james is taking on lana so they had all just stood there in the dark for about 10 minutes yes yeah. kind of punctures the the verisimilitude i'm just going to give a shout out to uh stephen larson as well who have renamed the chick kick to a much better name the kicky james <laughs> <laughs> that's very good uh, another charlie caruso spot she's backstage she's ready to interview alistair black but the door opens and randy orton walks out of it this was ahead of randy orton's match with kevin owens alistair black is feuding with kevin owens off of last week's show i thought that was really good visual storytelling they didn't over egg yeah. it they didn't make a big deal i liked that i agree i liked it um, but then we got, before we got the Randy-Kevin Owens match, it's more of an angle, the Iconics are in that weird second ring area. Yeah. Of the Thunderdome. It's, it's the cool place to do interviews. The Underdome and, or, or the Thunder Gazebo, I don't know. <laughs> and it's not, not Renee Young, Sarah Schreiber. And the, the Iconics just talk about this stipulation for their match against the riot squad later yeah. and it's the losers 
have to disband? Why wasn't this the summer that the payback stipulation? Right. This was given absolutely zero build whatsoever. Like the, the stakes for this match coming up is that the winners get a title shot. The losers have to disband forever. We're breaking up the tag team. This is the 10th match in this series. And it wasn't like, why didn't the right squad issue this as a challenge? Why didn't the Iconics issue this as a challenge? Why was it just some omnipresence just said like, and one of you's got to split up tonight if you don't win. Like there's, it added no stakes to them. And then the match only went like, you know, 90 seconds or whatever it was. And this promo here where you've got Billy Kay and Peyton Royce talking about how they've sacrificed their entire lives to get to this point and be a team in WWE and win the titles. I was like, oh my God, you're so likable and affable. I don't want you to split up. They cut a promo. They cut a real promo. They cut a shoot promo, it felt like, about how much they like each other, like they were out of character. They weren't really healing it up. What was this all about? I have no idea. It totally baby-faced them. Very mixed tones, but we'll get on to that for the actual match later because we got Randy Orton taking on Kevin Owens here. Owens comes out. Alistair Black, who looks so cool dressed as Solid Snake now with the eye patch <laughs> and the suit. Yep. He's taken out with a with a black mask to Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens rolled in. Owens, no fit state to compete. Obviously concussed. The referee's like, looks fine to me. Let's go. And That's Randy right, Orton... Yeah. Hits an RKO to advance. Yeah. Well, Kevin Owens did say, you know, ring the bell. I'm going to do this. That, that, look, there are scandals like this in the UFC and MMA all the time where it's up to the referee to protect the performers. If a guy's going, yeah, no, I'm fine to compete and falling over while he says it, yeah. surely you make a judgment call. Dude, Montez Ford was poisoned, and the referee was like, oh, no, I, think he's, "I think he's all right, actually. He's, he he's just coll he's collapsed at ringside, but I think I think he might be all right to have a little wrestle, though." Well, obviously Owens wasn't. RKO got pinned, so that was the, the match was twenty seconds, uh, probably still longer than the Iconics one. And Randy Orton goes through re really good way to protect Owens. To, to make Randy heelish, and it furthers this black KO feud, which I'm really excited for. Mm -hmm. Same here. Uh, then we've got Charlie Caruso talking to all the Mysterio family. <laughs> <laughs> there's I Ray. <laughs> there's yeah. Ray, there's Dom, there's Angie, and there's a gal who's Ray Mysterio's daughter. Yeah. So, you know, when like Ray Mysterio said, I want to re-sign with, like, I, I might go sign with AEW and <laughs> WWE were like, no, no, we'll, we'll sign your son if, if you don't. He's like, oh, okay, then they're still in the contract negotiations. Like, what if my daughter signs as well? And they're like, oh, God, um, I mean, as long as you stay. Yeah, yeah, we'll sign her too. And I want my wife to main event WrestleMania in a match against all of us. It's a, that's it. It's going to be four corners of WrestleMania 37, a Mysterio, a Mysterio in every corner, and they're all wrestling. Yeah, say, Angie got Angie got a lot of camera time, like during the Dominic match with Seth. Like I feel like we're building towards a, a Dominic versus Angie match. <laughs> Dominic turns heel on Angie. Oh, Ray never saw it coming with his eye. He wouldn't do anything anyway. It just go. Oh no. Oh, oh no. I've got an injury. Hmm. Um. So yeah, it's it's fine. I actually think it adds a lot to their act. Yeah, it's uh, nice. but it, a lot of drama for the Dominic match later on. I I thought a VIP lounge segment. MVP and the Hurt Business are celebrating Apollo, not Apollo Cruz. Bobby Lashley winning the US title. And Cedric Alexander walks down. He 
it, it looks like he's going to join them for a second. And then it's like, no, it's a ruse. It's a six man against Alexander and the Viking Raiders. And Cedric won with a roll up on MVP. So two things on this promo. One, how did the Hurt Business not see the Viking Raiders attack coming when MVP literally said in his promo, we've got a six man tag coming up next <laughs> with Cedric Alexander and the Viking Raiders. So, so it's like, you didn't even bring any backup. So it was like, yeah, I did. Who? Who? You literally said who it is. Like you, you're my scheduled tag team partners. <laughs> yeah, but my other thing on this was uh, I don't know whether this was intentional uh, by Bobby Lashley, but he said uh, I beat you, Apollo Cruz, uh, for your United States Championship, and then you got back in the ring to get some payback at payback, and it, <laughs> <laughs> and it was proper like allowing myself to introduce myself. He's saying it's also a bit like the. Jam that championship. Championship. Champion. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. as well. Uh, so this was, yeah, I'm a bit over this storyline now, which is a shame because I was really into the Hurt business. I still am, but I just feel like they're going nowhere. They're in the same rubbish, not rubbish feuds, but repetitive feuds. And the Cedric, will he, won't he join them? I'm not invested in either because unfortunately Alexander doesn't really have a character. The little character he does have is... It's quite unlikable and obnoxious. And I was there was a glimmer of hope here where I was like, oh, this is interesting because MVP gets rolled up. He's lost the match and he's just sitting there smiling. And it was it came in such a way where I thought, did I miss something? Did MVP win there? I watched I skipped back. And I watched it. No, no, it was, it was Cedric rolling him up. But MVP's smiling like he got one over on Alexander. And then he got the rest of the Hurt Business to applaud Cedric. I thought, what a fascinating, subtle way to tease out this Cedric potentially joining them story. And then after the ad break, they're all beating him up backstage. What was that all about? Right? Like, I, I'm completely with you. When he smiled, I was like, oh, man, that's interesting. There's something, I'll never see that coming. And then, yeah, they're just attacking backstage and just carried on as if normal. So... Two unrelated things, I guess. Yeah, so that's... That, that, uh, who knows where that's going? Well, <laughs> it goes to Raw Underground. We'll get to that. Uh, the Iconics versus the Riot Squad. We've already discussed it. The Riot Squad only properly fully reunited last night. Uh, sorry, not last night. The previous night at Payback. So, of course, the Iconics were losing here. And they did. And they did and in a couple of minutes. The Riot Squad. Still called the Riot Squad. Yeah. Like, apparently, they said at the Payback kickoff panel that they're now called live in riots i'm not entirely sure pre-shows are canon oh right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah uh, iconics just just lost and they got really sad in the ring and then to the back just cut away from that no need we've got to move on from here now it's it's a uh, it's an example of how uh little wwe care about their audience because the iconics are an act that have organically gotten themselves over. They've got a lot of grassroots support. They're so funny. Like, they're, oh, they're not... Peyton Royce has improved a lot, but Billy Kay is just not fun to watch in the ring, unfortunately. But their promos and all that stuff is fantastic. Like, really top-tier level stuff. Edge and Christian level humour. Yeah. But they just never saw anything in them. So, of course, I've they're going to break up. Yeah. I've got to but think they, that there's a singles run for Peyton Royce here, I guess. Like, I, I can't see much being for Billy Kidd. They'll probably get split in the draft that's coming up. But, like, I don't think you needed to split the team up. 
to mm. push one of them in a singles run. Like you could have had Peyton going on a singles run with Billy Kay in her corner. That's probably the most effective use of both their talents. Billy yeah. Kay there almost as oh, Billy Kay's got to be a trainer. Yeah. And like maybe they can st- I hope they still do that because they said they can't compete as a tag team. It never said that they can't be friends. Never yeah, said that then, they can't accompany each other out. But Peyton screws her over in Raw Underground later on. Does she screw her over? Yeah, she threw her to the wolves. Yeah, but she also kind of that's kind of like heel heel stuff. No, no, you go for it. Mm, but, this, this felt more like she was throwing her to the wolves because she was the one who got pinned. Yeah, but it, it is what it is. A, a big deal wasn't made of it at all because WWE unfortunately don't see them as a big deal and never have. But mm. that might change with Peyton Royce now that she's doing bodybuilding contests. I'm sure as soon as Vince McMahon saw those pictures, oh, she she placed second in a fitness competition. This comes a couple of weeks after. I would mm-hmm. I would speculate that might be behind this. But yeah, yeah, ultimately it's probably for the best because Royce will get more of a push as a single star than the two of them would ever get as a double act. Um, Shane comes up to the Raw Underground doorman to talk about how excited he is. Oh, so done with it, man. I'm so done. <laughs> Shane's such an... Oh, my God. He's such this little doofus. Just... I know they want people to watch the third hour of Raw. Like him, him piping that Titus O'Neil is going to be on the show is not the way to do it. I'm afraid. But he's so excited. Look at his little <laughs> face. Look at his little glistening with sweat face. Why don't you want him to be happy, Luke? Look, look. This is this is Shane McMahon this week. Look at this. Look at this. Look uh... how red this man is. And poor old Billy. That looks like every fan photo at WWE Access that I've ever seen. Of it's, the women, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Creepy guys. It's, <laughs> it's oh my I I no. I'm I'm done with Raw Underground, I'm afraid. Mm-hmm. Um after that we got Dominic versus Seth, which you know what? I think it's Dominic's best match so far. Oh really? That's interesting. Yeah. Look, so I've been pretty vocal about this. I wasn't into the SummerSlam match. I did, there's no there's no reason to go 20 minutes. It was just Dominic getting worked over. Ah, I wanted Dominic, you know, for all of the stuff that Seth and Buddy have done to the Mysterios, I just wanted people to get revenge. I thought that was the right thing for the story and their characters. They did that as a tag team on Monday, and a, but that didn't have a finish. They did it a payback, which was really, really fun. But this was Dominic's first real good singles match i'd say that's why i think it was the best and most comfortable he's looked so far because it only went five minutes mm-hmm. yeah and he but, gets I to mean, hit all these lucha right, spots yeah. yeah i mean they were like you know going right to the finish uh with this sort of thing with seth winning with the stomp in the end after sort of ducking the second half of the 619 but it was decent stuff actually like you know right i think dominic's gone four for four in his matches i've, I've really enjoyed what he's done so far uh, I think I enjoyed the tag match at Payback more than this. But you're right, like as a singles match, like, yeah, it was better than the SummerSlam match. Yeah, I think I enjoyed enjoyed Payback more, but I think this was Dom's better match. Yeah. Uh, and the, yeah, I, I also just want to give credit to all the people who are making Dom look great because Dom mm-hmm. obviously has something. I think we can all say that now. He's always good in, in ring segments. He's been really good wrestling as well. He's got a kind of intangible fire i always think like weirdly i think it's kind of what shane mcmahon had at the start of his career like this ordinary person 
who's been Maybe roped in to rest this guy all oh, the years of not being cut. But like this ordinary person who's just wrestling now, um, Luke has frozen for me and he's disconnected. Is that me or is that Luke? Tell me, folks. Was that you? Is retribution attacking? Hmm. Well, this is the reason. I'm not, maybe he's still gone. I'm. I'm looking is at it, the is comments. It me? Is it me? Is it me? Is it you? Well, you frozen. I can hear you. Okay. So I usually mean, the chat you're... tells us. I was going to say you're very blurry on my side of things. You're very blurry on my side. It's Luke. They're saying. Oh, it's me. Dang it. It's both of us. Uh, is it both of us? Yeah, apparently it's both of us. Oh, no. Both of our internet crashed at the same time. Right. But I hope this looks better. This looks like we're coming back a bit. Uh, yeah. Let us know in the chat if it's uh, if it's worse. <laughs> we'll try and yeah. soldier through. But yeah, I think I just think Dominic has something. And I think a lot of people working with him are doing their best for Ray's son. You know, Seth. Buddy, Jamie Noble agents in these matches. I think everyone wants Dominic to succeed who's working with him, and it's it's really, really helping. Yeah, no, it really is. And I think that he is like I think Seth's doing really, really good work in, in making sure that Dominic looks good in the matches, even even though he's being beaten, you know, he's lost 50% of the matches that he's been in effectively. But I think Seth is doing a good job of getting him over. And like, you know, they were putting over this big deal that Seth, Dominic Mysterio could be facing WWE champion Drew McIntyre at Clash of Champions. So I thought that was quite nice, really. Um, and also like Seth Rollins cutting the promo on Buddy Murphy before the match, mm. telling him to, you know, get out of his face because he's the one that lost the payback. And you know, kind of, you need to decide what side of history you want to be on. Possibly setting up this Buddy Murphy face turn, um, which, which I'd really like to see. Maybe they do that at Clash of Champions, Buddy versus Seth to write Seth off TV. Yeah, yeah, that could definitely happen. I feel like we're. Go oh, I get on to where I think we're going with Seth later on. Um, so Dominic missed a frog splash. He almost had it won there, but Seth hit the stomp afterwards and laid Dominic out. So D Dominic didn't really felt like he lost much. I, you know, I wouldn't have minded if Dom won and went into the triple threat at the end of the show. That's how yeah, into I him I was. Well. Yeah, sort of this I underdog character working to perfection. But then Seth hit another post-match stomp. It cuts backstage to the Mysterio family like, oh, no. And I'm just like, dude, Ray, you keep telling me you're a great dad. But actions-wise... You keep getting your son get beaten to crap. But also, like, Joe is still sitting there. Like, Ugh. not doing anything. Samoa Joe not doing anything. It's his contract, buddy. We were heard this. Okay, let's storm through this raw underground stuff. Oh. Titus O'Neil beat a guy. Riddick Moss beat him. Then, oh, that was it for now. That was that was it. That's what I mean. It's it's ninety seconds of pointless garbage that means absolutely nothing. And uh, what annoys me even more this week is that they keep establishing like there's no rules in Raw Underground. Yet they've had matches that have ended when people get thrown out the ring. So in this one, Titus throws Riddick Moss out of the ring. So I write in my notes, the match is over. But no, this week that doesn't mean the match is over. The match continued and Riddick Moss won. So what are what are the rules? In Raw Underground. What are the rules? What are the rules? The Street Profits did a scouting report on Andrade and Angel Garza. 
um, I when I saw this segment, I groaned audibly, louder than I did for the Iconics versus Riot Squad, because at least they had a new stipulation on the line. That the Street Profits and Gaza and Andrade is still going on, and the poisoning I... doesn't play into anything, is no, infuriating. There was a line during that match where someone on commentary said, Selena Vega has been gunning for the Street Profits Raw Tag Team Championships since WrestleMania. And I'm like, crikey, can we move on? Like, what the Street Profits run the really has been feuding with them forever and mm. doing awful comedy skits with the Viking Raiders. It's been bad, man. Yeah, the lockdown hasn't been kind to the Raw Tag Team Championships. Uh, the, just before we get on with that match, though, there's a clip from earlier today when Akira Tozawa drives in to the building, which we referenced earlier, and a security guard stops them. And, you know, because that that security is a bit tighter now because retribution keep invading. Turns out it was all a ruse. The security guard's a referee. R-Truth rolls up Akira Tozawa. R-Truth's the 400th 24-7 champion. Who cares anymore? But, like, no one ever referenced how similar the ninjas look to Retribution. I said that. I, I mean, I, oh, you mean in WWE's land? Yes, yeah. And in, in, oh, in, right, in this, gonna... yeah. I thought that might be the thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you'd have thought the security. I mean, obviously, he wasn't a security guard. But if, like, the ninjas are walking around backstage, is that, is that why Adam Pierce's security guards didn't find Retribution attacking them in the tag match? That came? Because they were actually stopping the ninjas from getting in. Yeah, well, this, you know, paid off, I guess, immediately because we get the Street Profits versus Andrade and Gaza uh, in a Tornado tag match. So a stipulation that's a bit fresh. Everyone's in there all the time. Gaza is inexplicably out there with Debbie Barnett now, despite her being with Ivar earlier in the show. They had fun back and forth. Of course they did. The, the talent of the guys in the ring is is really, really high but this is so tired now. After SummerSlam, we need a new feud for the tag belt. Montez Ford is on top. He shakes the ropes like the Ultimate Warrior. But ooh, maybe he shook them too hard. The lights flicker. Yep. And, and meh, Tribution are here. Yeah. So I did like uh, Gaza taking Debbie, or whatever her name is, from ringside to the backstage area. I thought that was quite a nice little touch to get the celebrity out of there. But like... I don't know, man. Samoa Joe running away from retribution. Not cool, man. Mm. Yeah, so then, then it's Raw Underground. Okay. <laughs> we just don't really care about retribution. Well, actually, and we keep saying their name wrong as well. It's the group that calls themselves retribution. Sorry, of course. Yeah, that's uh, what the commentators call them. But it's not the group that calls themselves Retribution, is it? It's the group WWE.com once called them Retribution in an article, yeah. which still still is never explained how they got this interview with them. Is there a ransom message somewhere? A list of demands, maybe? I don't know what they want. But then again, I don't think WWE know what they want. And then... And then we cut to Raw Underground, right? And the Iconics are there, and they look sad. So Shane says, just enjoy Raw Underground. And they smiled. I'm like, why are you smiling? Your team's over. Your team's finished. You should yeah. be sad. You should be sad. And then even sadder that you're in Raw Underground. Yeah. They <laughs> enjoy. Enjoy. You're here now in Raw Underground. 
um yeah maybe they can team together in raw underground what are <laughs> the rules so jessamine duke and marina shafir are there remember they sort of debuted two or three weeks ago now in raw underground which was exciting and i actually you know remembering that was like oh that would be a fun little act to play off the Shayna baszler raw tag team champion sorry women's tag team championships little story that's going on there I doubt they'll ever make it out. Marina is dressed in a skirt, a yeah. very long ankle length skirt, which looked looked lovely. Yeah, but, it did. I it thought like it got in the way. Yeah, it got in the way of the wrestling. Yeah. Uh, they squash some people and then yeah, Royce throws Billy Kay to them and Billy Kay gets knocked out. And that's when we get this image. Oh, sorry. Uh, I thought you had an image yourself. Just this one right it, here. That one right oh, there. Look how red Shane McMahon <sighs> is. It's it's insane how hot and sweaty he is and how uncomfortable Peyton Royce looks. Well, she's selling uncomfortable. That's her goofy look. It is. Uh, I mean, Ollie, look who is hugging her. Do you think that's selling? Well, it's probably because she can feel all the damp down the side of her that's touching McMahon. Uh, we've got some more Raw Underground. The Job Squad are outside. Uh, prep it like just making sure they haven't got trainers on to get in the club. Maybe they need a few <laughs> more girls to get in there. Hey, Didn't if you two go in first, then I'll come in a bit later. We might not get broken up as much. Well, that and I, I think it was just they were the guy was like, Have you got any identification? Like, yeah. are you old enough to, to come inside? Rondo? They're like, Oh man, I left my passport at home. I need to get ah. a taxi back to the student house now so I can get my passport and then I'll, I'll come back to you guys. It's Apollo Cruise. Uh, Apollo Crews. I've just written down Job Squad. Just written down Job Squad. Not even Ali. Not even Ali. They're strategizing ahead of their Raw Underground match. Well, it was it was Apollo versus Shelton Benjamin. They yeah. go in there. They have a Raw well, Underground match. It's a large before, brawl. Before that, Cedric, Ricochet, and Cruz are outside, right? Mean Charlie walks up to them and says, well, you lot are a bit rubbish. You've all had a rough 24 hours. And I was like, I mean, Apollo Crews lost the 24-7 title. Ricochet's not been booked. Cedric just won a match. He just beat MVP. How has he had a rough 24 hours? He just he won not an hour ago. Well, he got beaten up afterwards. Maybe that's what she was. <laughs> Charlie just likes being mean to people. I think we realize that by now. Uh, but yeah, they go in and, and Shelton... There was I, I don't know what the winner is here. They all started brawling. It was meant to be a singles match. The Hurt Business was standing up, but did anyone tap? Was there um, a pin? Yeah, well, I, I, I think that I've written here, Apollo Crews takes on Shelton Benjamin. They fall out the ring, a brawl breaks out. I think the match is still going on. Hurt Business beat all three of them. So I think the Hurt Business did win. Hmm. Few people are asking Apollo lost the 24-7 title. Maybe you misspoke. Obviously, meant the I United States um, title. They're the same thing. <laughs> um, then we cut back to that retribution thing that's happening. Probably more important to deal with WWE. Uh, Gaza is running with Demi backstage. He says to her, I won't let anything happen to you. Don't worry. That's why I helped us escape just now. It's not because I was scared of retribution. Retribution walked through the door and he legs it. That was fantastic. And then so Demi like, ran off afterwards. But then Retribution chase after them, and that's all we see. Yeah. No follow-up. Nope. And they probably won't be on SmackDown. 
well, I guess we'll find out more on Raw next week. Was what's next for Retribution? There's actually a comment here that I, I think really sums up from the Black Nostalgia Nerd. Retribution is a bit crap. Yep. Metribution. However, the main event was the conclusion of that night-long storyline, the really good one, which was Randy Orton versus Keith Lee versus Seth Rollins. Winner goes on to face Drew McIntyre at Clash of Champions for the WWE Championship. And this was a fantastically booked match. Oh, yeah. Randy and Seth have to work together. They play off Keith's power spot. Keith does this awesome sort of, what what do you call it? When you, you, like a seesaw momentum top rope crossbody on both of them. And it's like a slingshot. Yeah, slingshot. That's what, that's the word I was looking for. Um, It was, it's all designed to make Keith look brilliant. And it did. And near the end, he almost had it won. He's he reverses a stomp into a spirit bomb, hits the spirit bomb on Seth, which Seth sells brilliantly, bouncing out of his lap. And Keith Lee stands up right into an RKO. And as soon as that happened, I thought, ah, oh, that's a shame. Randy's gonna pin Keith to get the win back 50-50 booking. But and I'm already like consoling my mind. I'm saying, but they gave him a lot. He looked good here. Randy leaps over Keith Lee to Seth Rollins, who was just hit by the spirit bomb and pins Seth. That is fantastic booking because not only does it imply Randy thinks he can't beat Keith, maybe he knows that the spirit bomb is more effective than his own finishing move. That put over Keith Lee. In in just such a strong way, Seth can lose because that's his character at this point. It doesn't actually affect him. Randy needed a win back. Just they accomplished everything they needed to do here with style. Yeah, this was this was really really good. You had the two heels working together to beat up the bigger guy, and then sort of turning on each other as you as you usually do. But that like. We kind of put over Dolph Ziggler earlier in the show as well for bumping his ass off to make Keith look good. Seth Rollins, man, you want to talk about bumping like a madman to make to put someone over? Good lord, he was throwing himself all over the show. It was fantastic to see. And you're right, that finish of Keith in the spirit bomb and Randy using the spirit bomb to get the pin, like stealing that pin, that was really, really awesome stuff. It's kind of a, it kind of sucks that we're getting Randy versus Drew again but at the same time i thought they did a really good job in protecting keith in that loss i thought it was yeah really really good stuff i'll also say well done randy for selling he doesn't sell for for much really doesn't really mm-hmm. take big bumps but you know there was that report that we said yesterday from alex mccarthy that vince mcmahon explicitly asked randy to make keith look good and he's taking bumps in a way that he doesn't usually bump for people. It's quite refreshing to see at this stage in Randy's career that he's selling like Dolph Ziggler. There's a bit on the outside where Keith pounces him and Randy <laughs> took this insane barrel roll slide into the barricade, which was a good 10 feet away. Yeah, it was. It, Randy took more bumps in in matches with Keith Lee than he has in ladder matches. Like it was, <laughs> it was remarkable. Smart. Yeah, um, smart man. I think I, I agree. I was really into the Seth versus Keith stuff, mainly because Rollins is so good at selling for him. But I I wouldn't mind seeing this as a ancillary feud. <laughs> 
uh, mm. where you've got Randy and Drew for the title, but Keith and Seth are mixing it up now as kind of an unofficial number one contenders match for after whatever happens. You know, I want I kind of expect Randy to win and Keith Lee I- should win. That's it. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm thinking that Randy used score like the injury because Drew is now out with like a fractured jawline. I think is what they said during the show. So mm. It's not a fractured skull anymore, but it's now a fractured jawline. That Randy can pick up the win. You protect Drew because he's he's out injured. They didn't even know if he's going to make it to Clash of Champions. That protects Drew in the loss, and then you can do Randy Keith for the title afterwards. I yeah. uh, I think that could that could work. Yeah, really, really liked it. Um. Overall, I really love the main event storyline that was four matches overall, healthy part of the show. But the rest of the show was pretty garbage and lazy because it's it's repeat, repeated stuff from before. So I actually gave it a two out of five on balance. Yeah, I'd have given it the exact same score. As much as I liked the all the, the, sort of the, the WWE Championship stuff they did in that kind of mini tournament to lead into the main event, Oh, the show overall, I, I'm as I said, I'm I'm down on Raw Underground. Sucks for the iconics to get that with no storyline. The hurt business <clears throat> kind of setting up a really interesting storyline and then completely undoing it. The the, mm. the group that calls themselves Retribution, who apparently, according to uh, someone just sent in a super chat, apparently they're now Raw exclusive as an act. Which when was that says, said? Apparently, uh, Sean's reporting it. Uh, nothing says uh, chaos quite like being exclusive to one brand. They've done more to SmackDown in the last month. Yeah. So cool, I guess. Um, yeah, but a two out of five show for me. Yeah. Uh, right, so let's do all your super chats, get them in, because we will get to every single one before the end of the show. Kevin, can't watch live. I had to get this off my chest. I get that Byron and Tom run from Retribution, but Samoa freaking Joe, come on, WWE. Well, I think what we forgot there, Kevin, is that it's in Samoa Joe's contract that he uh, he can't get physical with any of them. He might lose his job. Uh, Matthew Maldoon. Note to Ricochet. Everyone knows that you don't talk about friendship before entering an <laughs> underground fight club. Very good. Uh, Zachary Jenkins. Ziggler should get a Best Worker Award for his selling Jam That Jam. Hashtag... Luke takeover. I think you know. I think Seth as well. But as we said, and Randy, everyone is really making Keith look even better than he is, which is amazing. Nate dropped surname. Splitting up iconics instantly made it a two out of five for me. Completely agree. I got a message from someone today saying, like, I really hope the iconics is your lead story today because it was <laughs> insane that they broke them up. Injection two K. I think it's all by design. Ali is the leader, in my opinion, for retribution. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. Francesca Hall. Iconics and actual tag team get broken up, but the tag champs aren't even a tag team. It makes no sense to me. I don't think WWE care, Tibbet H. So uh, someone posted up an image from uh, like just after WrestleMania last year where it was uh, the Iconics versus the Kabuki Warriors versus Bliss and Cross versus uh, um, Fire and Desire. And they pointed out none of those teams are together now. Yeah. Uh, Joseph Gianelli, the age old tradition for promising NXT call ups to have at least one match with Dolph Ziggler. It continues, is, it lives on. But there is a reason <clears throat> why for that, though. That's because Dolph can bump around and make someone look really good. That's why they always give it to Dolph. That's why they always give it to Corbin. Like, because yeah. they think that, I, mean, I certainly think for Dolph, Dolph can make someone look really good. <clears throat> Sorry, Joseph wrote it as Zolf Diggler there. So I should 
do that for him. Andrew Buckley. <coughs> Excuse me. Are you alright? Uh, yeah. Baser I mean, and Jack okay. same. Baser and Jack same. I am the tag team champion. Does that not remind you of another former tag team champs? Will that mean the return of Dr. Shelby? Maybe we could get some counseling sessions, just Mate, like I mean, Sasha if, Banks and Bailey. I was going to say, if it's as good as when Banks and Bailey did it, it will be totally worthwhile. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Buckley. Oh, no, I've just done that one. Vinay Ramachandran. Dominic versus Ray, WrestleMania 37. Book it, Vince. Yeah, I could see that. I, so not all sons have to face their dads. I kind of like Dominic as a, as a baby face for a long time now. Uh, so not for not for WrestleMania 37 for me. Shower Lurker. MVP smiled because Cedric used the tights in the pin. I didn't oh. spot that. But even so, why did they do the beatdown then? Because surely mm. if Cedric's using the tights to get the pin, then MVP's plan is get, to get to him is working. So by them beating him down is kind of the opposite of that. Yeah, the slow corruption. Luis De Silva. So the biggest single star in Shayna is thrown into a nothing team and the most established team in the Iconics is broken up. Got it, Vince. Gutted. I, I, I hear you, Luis. Um, it's a real shame, but let's be honest. They, they, they might be the most established, but they weren't the most credible. I think Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax, the way WWE present them, is a much bigger thing. Yeah, same here. KML. I watched a full three-hour Raw for the first time since Helena Cell 2019. Heath and Randy are so good, I feel like I'm cheating on AEW. <gasps> Don't tell them, they might be in the chat. Jerry Biggs, been watching for a while, first time live. Hey, Jerry. Hey. Uh, and first time Super Chatter, I bumped the show to three out of five for splitting the Iconics. <gasps> Can't stand Billy Kay. Yes, please. He's one of yours, Luke. Obviously an idiot. Give me a yes, please. But oh man, I love Billy Kay. She's so funny. Yeah, she's. I think she might be the most naturally funny character in the whole company. I'll yeah. let you take over. Uh, Lester Wink 23, WWE related subject, uh, says completely over the truth 24 7 title saga. How many times will the dumbest guy on the main roster somehow outsmart everyone for a joke belt? Oh, I think you said it yourself there. It's a joke belt. Yeah. Second class deleters, the big problem with Sasha and Bailey breakup is angles where the best friends fall apart are always hard to believe in. Stares at Luke and Ollie in meta. I hate Luke Owen. Yeah, this guy's scum. He's a dumbass. He's a butt munch. Uh, Jose Vasquez says, what's the best forward for WWE? No one is above WWE to make a megastar and take a back seat to them, i.e. Rock and Stone Cold. Uh, so I, I think Keith Lee's got a good shot at being it. He's he's such a good talker. He's larger than life looking and he's so impressive in the ring. Jonathan Edmund says, I'll watch later on because I'm off to the gym. Hopefully wearing your jam that jam t-shirt. Thank you for your email sending that across. Uh, I wanted to say hello and goodbye. Why are so many announcers leaving? Kelly, Renee, Mauro. Uh, what if mean Charlie Caruso also leaves? Yeah, I think it's because they have recognized what we said earlier in that if WWE doesn't treat you right at the start, they will never treat you right. And those people obviously respect themselves more than the company have. So in the case of Moro and Rene, you know, two people, but Moro has struggled with the company very publicly on and off for years. Rene Young, they never really put the full rocket behind it that she deserved. Yeah. 
Uh, Jobba JJ, Ollie Davis, number one fan, says Brock Lesnar versus Orange Cassidy. Book it, Tony Khan. Oh, can you imagine that match? Uh, Timothy Beattie, should I watch NXT or AEW Dark tonight, which has three women's matches on there? Hashtag heels. I'd probably say NXT. NXT, really. yeah, definitely. That four-way is going to be insane. Oh, so, so good. Like, 100% watch NXT. Uh, M Jitters says, I would like to discuss an article uh, idea based around women in wrestling industry off the back of the sexism in the Fiend Bliss angles. I was unsure about how we're doing this, but as a female myself, I really, see, really think something needs to be said. That's really interesting. I, I personally didn't see any sexism in the Fiend Bliss bliss angle but that's not saying it's not there underlying uh support at wrestletalk.com that's the way to get in touch with us yeah that sounds really interesting please do really interesting i'd love to read that uh ty jordan i'll give you a heaven's no you're damn right uh, hell yeah um reese johnson uh mr davis rules the all authority rules jam that jam <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Davis, please stop pretending to enjoy speaking to that trader Luke. Datsun's the OG champ. What what is all this? Is is Datsun trying to get a groundswell of support behind him because it was his mistake that made jam that jam a thing? Yeah, I think so. He was very he wanted to really make us know this in the morning, uh this morning meeting, which I'm now allowed back into because you've given me my job back for the week. Uh until I beat you it all out too this Saturday. Um, where he was like what what would this company have become if I hadn't have come up with Jam That Jam? It's the way he brought it up, where he's like, <laughs> I was talking to some people the other day. God, we just got to talking about, it's crazy that I came up with Jam That Jam. <laughs> Say what you really want to talk about. Well done, Andy. Your mistake created this really funny thing. But genuinely thank you. Well, gen do genuinely thank him. Uh, drip soup. Oh, no, it's you. You're talking you, still. You can carry on if you want. Drip soup. As a Canadian, it is my civic duty to say politely, yes, please. Sorry. Yes, please. God damn it, drip soup. Is Andy in... in the chat? He's just written, you all suck. Into yeah. the... <laughs> but it's come up as anonymous, whoever's typed in that. I don't know. Uh, tigers in your lungs, Mr. Davis. Say no thanks to lukewarm's catchphrase. Great minds. God, that air horn is annoying AF. See <laughs> ah, um, now Andy's writing. Andy is angry. Oh, right. Oh, no. One of the mods is calling them out. That's good. Uh, Josh <laughs> Paulson, my eyes. That's got to be the most pale doe bo boy body I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's pale. Oh, it's pale. Get <sighs> me out time. in the sun. Get me out in the sun. I'll just burn and then go right back to being pale again. Val of Mamadipudi. Is that lukewarm Luke Owen I see? Can I get a yes, please? Yes, please. Chat join in too. Yep. Can I get a yes, please? Ryu Aldonte. Luke, I got you back to get your job back, mate. Hit Mr. Davis where it hurts. Oh, I will do when I beat him for the Jam That Championship at All Out 2. This is a better super chat. Jobber JTJ496, Ollie Davis's number one fan. Uh, TM, Mr. Ollie Davis's number one fan. Mr. Davis, when did you hire Gilberg? Oh, I mean, one of the all-time great stars of the Attitude Era, some might say, was more <laughs> over than Steve Austin. 
just a two-ball guy. You will respect Mr. Davis. He knows what's best for business. He knows what you want, even if you don't. Hashtag save us, Mr. Davis. Hashtag WrestleTalk Messiah. I wasn't looking for it, but I'll take it. Adwin Music. It is my birthday, and I just want to say yes, please. Give me a yes, please. Jamie Lavin. My five-year-old loves the jacket, Mr. Davis. You got good taste. Of course, I'm not just wearing the jacket today, folks. I'm wearing a new T-shirt. Be more lucha. Very nice. You should all be more lucha. Look, it's about face masks. <laughs> That's really smart. <laughs> I thought it was a really good idea. Uh, Josh, Josh plays. You should get the Voros twins on Quizzlemania. After look know those up. Yeah. Uh, Nate drops surname. Luke, sorry for the poor Photoshop skills on the lukewarm merch suggestion. Glad you liked it. By God, it's the British Garda snake. It's lukewarm. Lukewarm. It's the, it's the British racing snake because I'm super thin now. I, I know. I'm just going to remind everyone again. I've lost weight during lockdown. Well done, you. Joey Thanks, plays. Yes, please. Give me a yes, please. Amro, when you mentioned the, I can't say this word, Aurora Borealis in the other video, did you mean the Northern Lights suplex or is that actually a move with that name? No. So what happened was, this is in reference to Calling Spots, which is a show that we do over on Parts Fun Known. Uh, it's basically a telephone game. You should go and check it out. It's really, really funny. Adam made a joke about AJ Styles being a flat earther where he said that he was beaten so hard in Raw Underground, he made the horizon curvier. So joke about him thinking that the earth is flat. And then in Ollie and Laurie's videos, they both said horizon curvier. And I thought that was some sort of clever sky term that I was not aware of. So when I came around to recording my video, I couldn't remember another sky term. So I just said Aurora Borealis. And that's, uh, I mean, it stuck around, stuck around into mm. the final version. So clearly it was memorable. You should, everyone should go and watch uh, Calling Spots over on Parts of Unknown. New episode went up yesterday. It's really fun. Yeah, Andy is in the chat. He said, I'm so underrated. <laughs> Andy has been off the last week. And he's come back salty. Exactly. Not only that, but he, he went away and Wrestle League fell apart. So do some work, Andy. That's his fault. It is his That's fault. his fault. Uh, Keandre by... Oh, he also lost... <laughs> He, did, he, he did also lose. lost the season, which means he's going to have to make a music video punishment. Do you think what this is everyone... why he's? Do you think this is why he's on the jam that jam thing? Is because he's that trying to get be. some dignity back. That might be it. Yes. Um. Everyone, get in some live chat suggestions for what you want to see Andy sing, wrestling related, preferably. Thank you, Keandre Bryson, for a super chat and no message. And uh, oh, a bunch of last minutes. Do you want to do those? I will do. TJ Ridgeway says a beatdown was to show his friendships are never there. Oh, in terms of the the hurt business beatdown. Hmm. Yeah, it's curious. Self that Marina Shafir looked like an absolute beast in Raw Underground. Do you think that her and Duke may become a tag team? On... No, absolutely not. No, I, I don't think anyone from Raw Underground uh, is transitioning to the main roster. It's a not shame. A Sorry to 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 reply to TJ there. I that would make sense if. If the if he wasn't in the raw underground thing, like right after, I was going to say because then he was hanging out with his mates yeah. and got beaten down when he was with mates. Uh, Chaos control. Thank God for AEW and NXT tag team division. Hashtag yeah. hashtag no thank you. Mm. 
Rich McCann, I'm sorry, but Nia needs to not be on TV. Bad in ring, bad in promo. She's just bad. Less her, the better. Let's hurt people IRL, then get a belt. I quite enjoyed her uh, on, on Payback. So I've, I, I'm willing to give her another chance. I, I think I like her a lot more than most other people, though. But yeah, the, the amount of people she injures is worrying. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Brother One, I want to get Rowdy T-shirt. Yes, please. Give me a yes, please. Uh, Queen no, Hannah, what? Oh, watching for the first time because Luke followed me on Twitter. Hi, Hannah. Just pandering, pandering to them. And Michael Redding, uh, I would like to see Drew versus Orton versus Lena triple threat at Hell in a Cell. Besides Shayna and Bailey, it's the only feud that would fit the stipulation, in my opinion. Hashtag get a rowdy. Get rowdy hmm. up in the chats, everyone. I don't think the blood feud is is sort of intense enough between those three men yet, but uh, maybe they could build it to a Hell in a Cell step. Uh, I've uh, got some more there, yeah. We have indeed. Benny Sado, uh, he's talking about Andy Datsun. No, I'm his best friend. I will never stop this support. Uh, and thank you to Jake Neal for your uh, super chat money. Small Afro Games said, just tuned in. I'm positive that Metribution is everyone in NXT. Pretty sure Mercedes Martinez was one of the women threatening the Bachelor woman. The very possibly, but it's been quite quite widely reported that the people who are in the Metribution outfits at the moment are not the final group. So it is just NXT call-ups that mm. NXT recruits. Uh, Joey plays. Can I get a happy birthday song for my sister Leah? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. A happy birthday, dear Leah. A happy birthday to you. That one got me. That one got me. Well done. This is what is. Luke, did you see my Get Rowdy sketch on Twitter? I don't know if I have, actually. I'm, I think I might have. I think I retweeted it, actually. It's a picture of me and Adam getting rowdy. Um, Uptown Avondale, support Warcaster. Chopper is rad. Completely agree. Chopper yes. is rad. And Jake Neal, a third time's the charm. Ollie, you should call it the... Is it the oligarchy? Oligarchy. Yes. Uh, not the oligarchy. Yes, it's that's a great pun. It's a better pun. But it doesn't doesn't roll off the roll off the tongue like that does it uh thank you so much everyone for your suggestions for andy what have people said we got keith lee's entrance music well it's uh, new one yeah, it's new one it's not got any lyrics has it after the um uh, randy's randy's entrance music what and, have we got uh, i like ass man would be a good one mm-hmm. uh hulk hogan's theme song bit controversial yes please have we got any uh, others the, Eve Torres's the, the jam the jam song we can write it uh oh I like this <laughs> one have we have we done small afro games Jaren Walker here <laughs> undisputed era and just have him make guitar noises for three minutes <laughs> Before I ask you about the fruit and veg picking that you did over the weekend, although I have briefly talked about it to you, or talked about it, yeah, with you on a Patreon video, we had this. We're, we're going to need Greg... a lot of lot of time to dive in to yeah. all the different vegetables I picked. Oh yeah. Uh, well, we had this email from Greg Flacker. He says, "Hey boys, long time pod to hear from New Jersey, and I have a fun kettle story here. Because remember we were Ooh. talking about how Americans don't use electric kettles." I don't think you need to put the word fun in front of this. All kettle stories are fun stories. Absolutely. 
On my wedding day, our venue had a nice suite for the bridal party to get ready in. After the first look at other pictures and the other pictures were done, my sister had to feed her eight-month-old. Not realizing the kettle in the suite was electric, she took it off the base and placed it on the stove to oh heat God. it up. About five minutes later, the fire alarms were going off because the kettle had melted to the electric <laughs> stove. Luckily, the smell dissipated before the ceremony started, but still fits into your outlook that Americans do not understand kettles. Keep up the consistent content. Jam that jam. Flacker. Yeah, well, I guess if you're not familiar with a kettle or indeed my kettle, which I turn on via my phone, then you might be confused. I think most people in England would be confused by my outstanding kettle. Oh, it is good. Um, hey, do you know what I watched over the weekend on Saturday? Ooh, tell me. I watched Wallace and Gromit and the Wrong Trousers. What a film. How long is that? Like 40 minutes? Half an hour. Oh. And it is. Oh, it's sublime. It's so good. Some, whenever I start just humming by myself, you know, that sort of pottering hum, mm. that's, that's what it eventually falls into. Uh, but doing the washing <laughs> yeah it was great very very charming it's 1993 that came out and no. it still massively holds up so it's it's the best thing that they did because that's the third right second grand day out second was the first one. one and it was ah. the wrong trousers then a close shave ah then of course yeah a matter of loaf and death oh, and then it was the movie because of the were rabbits which is also really really funny I, uh, one of the best analogies I've ever made is I used to, the, my, my old job was even more complicated to explain than my current job, which was I would be sitting in front of a screen and how people experience TV at home is just like a continuous stream of uh, TV shows, right? And then you've got a TV show, then you've got a little ident with the channel name, then you might have a bit of sponsorship, and here's an advert. So I sat in front of a screen and made sure all of those were in a playlist, and each event had a specific graphics code attached to it to make, you know, the channel bug fire in the top right, or this little thing, hey, don't miss this later on, when someone pops up in the bottom left of the screen and goes, hey, look, NBC's new girls comedy is up later kind of like how the rest talk news has that little pop-up of you being like subscribe to this channel exactly the same and one one day there's always an event that everyone says is the worst thing to happen and it was it's called a catastrophic failure <laughs> like they're, they're not even they're not even mincing their words about how bad this event is and it's when all the power stops Ooh. But there's like backup generators. But one of the things that happens is it will temporarily reset and everything. So for half an hour, all the schedules will just not have anything after what's currently on air. Mm. And it happened to me at like 9 p.m. So prime time on a Thursday evening. And I was it was just me in the office. So it was a night shift thing. And. You know, it's probably some episode of the Kardashians on or something on Four Music. And I had to piece together my own schedule as the thing was running out. So I was frantically going into the like ingesting physical tapes, putting in bits and then adding them into the playlist because what, what was next? And I always likened it to the scene in Wallace and Gromit where Gromit is laying the train tracks in front of himself as they're yeah. in that chase. 
so I love funny. that scene. That scene's amazing. Yeah. Uh, speaking of kind of revisiting <clears throat> things, on Sunday, my wife and I were watching Sunday brunch, as we often do, with Tim and Simon. Cheers, Tim. Cheers, Simon. And they had an advert on there, like a little sort of like, hey, here's something you can watch on Channel 4 on or on all four, their uh, streaming service. And it was an episode, like a scene from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm. And I turned to my wife and I was like, should we rewatch Buffy the Vampire Slayer? So we are currently re-watching Whoa. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which I haven't seen since it was on BBC Two in like 1998. We worked out, like I stopped watching it series five when the army shows up and they stopped going to school because I think it's a bit rubbish after that. But like, I, that means I miss all like kind of the cool stuff that comes later on after the army episode series, which was awful. Um, so we're re-watching it at the moment. We've watched seven episodes of it so far. And it's so wonderfully 90s. The monster of the week stuff is very, very archaic, but it's also quite fun. Quite, fun. it's actually I've I've laughed quite a lot. It is still quite charming, quite liberating to not have to invest in a thirteen episode series arc. That yeah, only comes I've... in like just gets a little few mentions throughout the show. Exactly. So yeah, it's been really good. I I, I know that Adam's been rewatching it as well. We had a bit of a chat, chat about this on my stream. It's talking about like who is your who is your Buffy crush? Did you watch mm. Buffy? Yeah, I loved it, uh, and it got me into snooker. I think I've said this before. <laughs> it was the yeah. six o'clock slot <laughs> on BBC right, Two. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Farscape uh, was in that, so they just replaced things out of for Buffy, and I I just watched those as well. Yeah, who was my your Buffy, Buffy crush? crush? Buffy, That's Sarah Michelle Geller. What did yeah. he say? His was um Willow or yeah. um Anya. Cordelia comes in a bit later on. Now, Anya's I know. Heart, yeah. Well, mine was uh was Buffy, and then later um Faith, uh, Elijah Dushkew's oh, character. Faith, oh my god, yeah, beats still my thirteen year old heart. But yeah, Cordelia, <laughs> because I wanted to be Xander. He was the Chandler of the group, right? Mm. Uh, oh, what a show! We were funny enough. We have also must maybe it's a thing like either the point in our lives or lockdown, having completed mm. most streaming services. Uh, we've gone back to watch Sopranos, which is my doing and my forcing. But a more joint effort is Freaks and Geeks. <gasps> oh, what a show. Mm. Oh, my God. That is such a good little rewatch. Brilliant. What a, how far into it are you? Uh, we are, God, about six episodes into the first series. <gasps> oh, well, so only the, series, yeah. Yeah. Does that mean you've had the band practice episodes? Ooh, maybe not. Maybe like, we're not that far then. I think that's in the second half mm. of the series then, because like the, the obviously the big kind of storyline run is uh, the relationship between Linda Cardellini and oh my god, what's his name? What's Jason Segel. Jason Segel, yeah. Um, and that kind of like that. That's all that sort of part. Of, I I got so invested in that that storyline. Oh my god, what a show! Mm. I'm gonna rewatch that. It's well. also on all four. It's also on. Is yeah. it? Oh no, it's really mm. well. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, well, we actually haven't got time to talk about your fruit and veg now, mate. So, uh, which is a real shame because I was looking forward to hearing more about. You Tell us quickly about your corn. son of a bitch, Luke Owen. Uh, yeah, pick some corn. Pick some corn from cornfields. Uh, got some strawberries, some raspberries. I just had a few of the raspberries. Never really was a fan of raspberries, but the, the being with them in nature, I could just pick them off, and I ate one. And I feel like a connection there. Funny enough, when we went to the, uh, it was like a farm, um, a half hour drive from our house, sort of outside of London. And there were two distinct kinds of people doing this as Saturday morning entertainment. There was 
middle-class white folk doing it Hello. for the fun. Hey, that's me. Or <laughs> also probably, you know, immigrant families who have to do this because it's a lot cheaper for them. And I thought, oh my God, this is, what a, <laughs> I feel quite exploitative doing this <laughs> for fun when it's just a, a financial reality for a lot of people. But yeah. Mm, Con's sobering cool. stuff. Yeah, mm. sobering, sobering <laughs> stuff to end this podcast on. Corn was um, nice. <laughs> we'll be back for the uh, AEW review on Thursday because it's back on Wednesday this week. It'll be my first AEW review in a fortnight. So I'm really looking forward to reviewing that show again. Still hate you. Um, you're a piece of scum. Uh, but you I will destroy you all out too. But I love each and every one of you listening. Thank you so much. We'll see you very, very soon. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Oh, actually, Laurie and Adam will be doing an NXT podcast tomorrow, so make sure you listen to that. Cheers. I love you. Goodbye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.